Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Today is Monday, July 24th. Can you even believe it? Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. I wanted to say thank you to everybody who applied to be a part of the MomStrong launch team. Last week, we are still going through those applications. We received, I can't even believe it, but we received over 1,200 or just about 1,200 applications for the launch team. And so we're just going through those and trying to uh, get back to you as soon as we can. So if you haven't heard from us yet, uh, it's probably because you applied later in the process because we're kind of doing the first ones first. So hang in there and we definitely will get back to you. We're excited, excited, excited about the release of Becoming MomStrong. It comes out on September 19th in bookstores everywhere. So um, keep your eyes and your ears out for that. Uh, And uh, I'm going to be talking more about that in days to come. And I just finished recording the book for Becoming MomStrong. So I spent the last three days of last week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, recording the audio version of Becoming MomStrong at a recording studio here in my hometown. So that was great. I'm excited about that. And then this weekend, uh, our family, actually, we're going to leave, I want to say on Wednesday, we might even leave tomorrow, depending on how we do. Uh, But we're going to be leaving here in just a couple days to head down to Modesto, California for the VHE conference. So if you're anywhere near Modesto, come on out this weekend, we're going to have a great time. And I'm looking forward to what God is going to do there. Uh, I've got a couple of things on my heart I want to talk about this week in particular, um, I've been getting quite a few emails and uh, just Facebook messages from those of you who are questioning a couple of things that are happening in the culture. Do not even get me started on uh, what's going on right now politically. I'm so frustrated. I feel frustrated uh, with the process. And I've just decided, you know what? God is bigger. If God can uh, heal my nephew and make a lame boy move his legs, uh, God can take care of all the political mess that's happening in Washington with the healthcare system and all of those and all those things. But one of the things that happened last week uh, was the sort of, um, oh my goodness, I don't even know what the right word is. Um, it was upsetting, this ordeal that we went through with Eugene Peterson when he came out and said, uh, when he was interviewed um, by the same uh, reporter that works for uh, the Religion News Service, Jonathan Merritt, and I have talked about him before on my blog. He has a way of uh, getting people to talk about things that they maybe didn't want to talk about <laughs> otherwise. Um, but I've had a chance to sort of sit on that a little bit more and think about it. And so I want to talk about what Peter said about being prepared to give an answer, uh, because really that's what this sort of boils down to. I also did a little bit of my own homework just to try to figure out where Mr. Peterson is coming from with regard to his position on same-sex marriage. Now, before I jump into this, uh, most of you who listen to the podcast know that I am not uh, unwilling to jump into uh, cultural hot topics. This is certainly one of them. It's definitely one in the church. And so before I do that, I want to just remind you again about what our position always needs to be as men and women who claim the name of Jesus. I'm going to take you back to 1 Peter 3, where Peter is really talking about suffering for doing good. And we're definitely seeing that happen in the culture right now. I mean, if you... uh, 
if you stand basically for the things of the Lord in the culture right now, you can pretty much count on being uh, shunned for it. You can count on being mocked for it. There are so many different um different topics that tend to be dividing the church right now. But I just, I'm going to give you my perspective based on what I read in God's word today, but also want to remind you what Peter said. He um, starts in in uh, in First Peter chapter three. If you skip down to verse thirteen, Peter's talking. He begins to talk about suffering and those who suffer because they do good. He says, "Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good?" Well, the answer to that is pretty much everybody, right? So he says, "Who's going to want to harm you if you are eager eager to do good?" But even if you suffer. For doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I'm going to just open this uh, topic up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bring this before you uh, today, would you just speak through me, Lord? Would you season my words with grace? and season them with love. Lord, we find in ourselves living very much in the time that the Apostle Paul said that we would live in, where people would exchange the truth of God for a lie, that we would no longer listen to sound doctrine, but we would turn our ears to whatever our itching ears want to hear. Lord, I pray that you would touch the ears of your people around the world, people who are listening to this podcast and people who are listening to uh teachers and pastors and reading blogs and watching the news, Lord, would you just touch our ears so that we can hear your truth and your word and live by it and be prepared to give an answer for it. Lord, I pray that you just fill me with your spirit as I talk about this tender topic. And I just love you, Lord, and I thank you that we can trust your word because it never changes. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember as a student at Multnomah School of the Bible years ago, I have I was privileged to sit under the teaching of Dr. Mitchell, and he was uh, one of the founders, if not the key founder, of uh, the Bible College. And I was always amazed at his ability and his uh, his desire to point his students back to the Bible. So if we had a question about something, and we weren't even talking about I mean, the, the the theologically charged things that we were talking about were largely eschatological in nature, right? We were arguing over uh, all millennialism and whether or not you were a pre-tribber or a post-tribber. Uh, we had no idea that we were going to be talking about such charged subjects as human sexuality in the church today. And even though it's all over the Bible and we've been taught these things for a very long time, I think that it's catching a lot of Christian leaders off guard and we don't know what to do. So where the Apostle Peter is saying, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I think what uh, what Dr. Mitchell said uh, took us to the next verse, verse 16. It says, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed of what they see. Of, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. And I think this is where we sort of get um, tripped up and confused as Christians. So before I talk any more about what uh, Eugene Peterson said uh, in his uh, 
in his uh, article and in, in his interview, I want to remind you that we are called to live in the tension between truth and grace. And Peter said that we are always supposed to be ready to give the answer, to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, but it's not just enough to be ready to give an answer. We need to do it in a gentle and respectful way. And if we can't learn to do that, then our argument won't be able to be heard. People can't hear when we're yelling and screaming at them over Facebook. Uh, they can't hear. And I think what happened with uh, with Mr. Peterson, and by the way, I should, I should qualify this by saying, um, and I know some of you are going to be like, what? I can't believe it. I actually love uh, reading the message, which was his, uh, his translation of the Bible. And I've always seen it as sort of a living Bible, um, not a Bible that I would use to study and not a Bible that I would use to teach from. But certainly, um, I have often turned to it just to see what is his uh, his translation, his take on a particular verse, because he tends to be emotional in nature, and he's astonishingly, astonishingly amazing as an author. And so he's done some amazing things. I read his book, The Pastor, a long time ago and really loved it. My husband and I actually read that book together um, when we were coming out of a, of a difficult uh, church situation. But last week when, uh, when Eugene Peterson was interviewed by Jonathan Merritt of the Religion News Service, uh, Jonathan Merritt, as he often does, uh, referenced same-sex marriage. And then he asked Mr. Peterson, if his view on same-sex marriage relationships had changed. And of course, he is seen because he's the author of the message, that trans that, that translation of the Bible, that paraphrase of the Bible, he is seen as sort of a, a, um, a patriarch, I guess, in Christianity today. And I think a lot of people look up to him. And so imagine uh, the surprise. I first saw one of my really good friends post about this and you know, she was screaming heresy and, you know, unfollow and mark him and don't pay attention. And I thought, no, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do that. So I didn't really pay attention to anything that anyone was saying. I went straight to the source. I wanted to read the, uh, I wanted to read his article for myself, which is by the way, what all of us should be doing. You know, it, you know, I, especially now that we live in, a, in the era of fake news, <laughs> you know, I try to get as close as I can uh, to the actual source of the story. And so I went to the interview that Eugene Peterson did with Mr. Merritt. And uh, I was frankly uh, stunned and sad and uh, perplexed by it because uh, when he was asked if his view on relationships and same-sex marriage had changed, rather than just uh, go to the Bible, and because it doesn't matter what our opinion is, it really only matters what God's opinion is. And this is where I was so stunned by his response. He actually said, and I quote, I haven't had a lot of experience with it. This was a pastor who'd been pastoring for 29 years. And he seemed, I think, taken aback and taken off guard by the by the question, which brings me back to the Apostle Peter saying, be prepared to give an answer, uh, because you never know when you're going to be asked a question. And I think certainly as somebody in my position now, I'll tell you what, I get asked the same question over and over and over again. And I think it's because people are like, oh, eventually Heidi will get tired of saying that. Or eventually she's she's going to go, never mind. It's kind of like when you get tired of telling your kids no, and you finally just say, never mind, just here's a Sharpie marker, go color in the car, right? I'll replace the car when you're 18, but just forget it. I, I give up. I think that's part of the whole idea of being culture worn. And I, and I talked about this uh, last week a little bit, um, but upon further reflection and, and talking with my husband more and several people that, uh, that we know who are also in ministry, I think that, um, 
when uh, Mr. Peterson said that he didn't make a big deal about people who were attending his church who were lesbians, it was almost like you could just hear this, this just sigh, this, this, um, he's just so tired of talking about it. And uh, I am too. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm talking uh, about this and I don't even want to be talking about it, but we've got to talk about this as a church because we need to know where we stand. So after uh, he gives a sort of convoluted answer, he says, uh, he says basically homosexuality is not right or wrong as far as he was concerned. And then Mr. Merritt went on to ask him, if you were pastoring today and a gay couple in your church who are Christians and of good faith asked you to perform their same sex wedding ceremony, is this something you would do? And Peterson simply replied, Yes. And it was his answer. It was that yes that set Twitter on fire. It was the yes that got emails sent to my inbox. And I'm just, you know, a little, a little peewee in the grand scheme of things. And uh, my inbox was blown up because there was so much shock and disappointment at his answer. But then uh, almost, you know, it seemed like almost immediately because when I saw the first article, uh, in one of the comments right underneath it, I saw, well, he's retracted his statement. So I did what I did before. I went to his uh, his retraction. And honestly, uh, his retraction left me more confused than his original statement because, again, he never went to the Bible. So he ended up saying, and I, I just want to be sure I quote him on this. He said, to clarify, I affirm a biblical view of marriage, one man to one woman. I, aff- I affirm a biblical view of everything. So basically within 48 hours of his original interview, Mr. Peterson had issued a statement retracting his yes uh, uh, to a same-sex wedding ceremony and affirmed marriages between a man and a woman. Except the problem now is that in his retraction, he never referenced the authority of scripture. And this is where the church is so messed up right now. We are not making a good biblical argument for same-sex marriage. And in oftentimes, at least in what I'm seeing in the culture right now, is that when we do make a case, it's emotion-driven, and we've got to stop making emotional arguments for spiritual problems. And the fact that uh, that Eugene Peterson made an emotional argument for a spiritual problem is troubling to me as a, as a believer. And I think it should be troubling to all of us. So what does Eugene Peterson really believe about um, uh uh, gay relationships and behaviors and same-sex marriage, I I actually think we don't know. And and uh, I think uh, Albert Muller rightly pointed out in his blog last week, we will probably never know. Albert Muller said, and I quote, his retraction allows his books to be sold, but the ordeal has done massive damage to his reputation. One of the best-selling authors in the evangelical world is now, in effect, a giant Rorschach test. You can read him as a, as fully open to LGBT relationships, but forced by political and economic pressure to act as if he isn't. Or you can read him as basically a traditionalist on the question who felt under pressure to affirm same-sex marriage and succumbed to the pressure only to regret and retract quickly. And those do not exhaust the possibilities. Mr. Muller went on to say that he's enjoyed many of Eugene Peterson's writings, as I have, and he, ha- he he agreed that he has been one of the most incredible authors of our time, even uh, quoting the literary achievement, Mr. Muller said, of his lifetime, uh, when he used a, a very popular quote to redefine Christian discipleship as, quote, a long obedience in the same direction. That was, uh, that was Eugene Peterson. And so now we see uh, Mr. Peterson, 
who has said that discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction, having kind of a hard time going in the same direction. And I feel like we're all that way to a certain degree. I know that I have been that way. We can sort of, uh, we can sort of sigh in our answers and we can get tired of answering the same question. But I want to remind us today the same thing that I have been reminding my adult children as they engage in these conversations, uh, really where God takes them, is that we are called to be on the battlefield, to be girded up, to be, uh, to have our, our, um, our lives literally bathed in scripture so that when we are asked a question, we can give an answer that does justice to the word of God. And that's really what it comes down to, because we're going to be asked this question over and over and over again. And I believe not only does what happened with Mr. Peterson say a lot about him, and I think how probably how tired uh, he is. But it also says a lot about the denomination in which he's a minister. And I've spoken about this on my blog before, uh, but the liberal Presbyterian church known as PCUSA is uh, the denomination whose most famous pastor says that he was never even self-consciously a Presbyterian at all. And the the US, the PCUSA church is very troubling in their doctrine and their understanding of scripture and in the way that they look at what God clearly says is sin. And so I want us to be thinking about that today. Our uh, our answer that we give to the culture should never come from an emotional response. We are called to love and we are called to live in the tension between truth and love. And if we stand for the Bible's clear teaching, and it really is clear on human sexuality, on gender, then we need to be ready to answer that same question in the same way over and over and over again. Al Mohler said that the question will come back again and again in hopes that we've finally decided to get on the right side of history. And faithfulness requires consistency. That's that long obedience in the same direction. That is what it means to be a disciple of Christ, as Eugene Peterson has now taught us in more ways than one. So join me back here on Wednesday and get ready to open your Bible. I'm going to take you to a few verses where God clearly lays out his design for human beings. And then we're going to talk about what it means to walk in the tension of grace and truth. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.